Where Kind Never Dies. I'm your host, Nina. I'm your other host, Letha. And today we're covering Season 4, Episode 2, First Learn Stand, which is Miyagi's, Miyagi speak for First Learn How to Stand? Sure, yeah, First Learn yeah, to Stand. Sure. Okay. Um, our Netflix synopsis, Johnny picks up defensive strategies while Daniel learns how to go on the offensive. Amanda confronts Tori. New kid Kenny is bullied at school. Um, so first, should we start with a confession? Yeah, let's start with, we, we have to get something off our chest. Okay, we talked a big game after episode one of we, no spoilers. We We're said we would it. watch one episode at a time and then podcast about it without knowing what came next. Which is how we did season three. But it's a new season. Uh, there's a new element here, a silver element. Oh man, we couldn't do it. We watched episode one, we, we recorded our podcast for it, and then we binged the next four, five or six episodes immediately afterwards. Are we failures? Perhaps. Perhaps. But... but we wanted to come clean because, you know, we'll, we'll try to still keep it fresh. And we did rewatch episode two. So, it, you know, we're going to come in with those insights. But, you know, we might. Yeah, we, <laughs> we can't. We know so much now. We know it's at least true. half the season. And we can't promise that some of that is going to, like, leak a little bit into our thoughts and feelings here. So, you know, I'm not going to say that we're 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 not we're not going to like go out of our way to avoid ever referencing something in the future, but we'll try to keep it on this episode, right? We'll yeah yeah. We want to come from a place of honesty. Mm-hmm. We owe that to you guys. And you know, who among us hasn't binge watched like seven episodes of Cobra Kai? And that is my default moment? position. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we open the scene in a child's bedroom, Kenny. And there is a new character in the show. A new character. How do you feel about that? I think this kid is just they, this really great casting. He's so supposed to be like a young Daniel or a young Miguel. Just this like cute, charming kid who smiles to himself a lot and dances alone on street corners. And of course, we'll end the episode like horribly bullied. And I feel like that was actually a good way to like sort of remind us like where the series' roots are, you know? Because yeah. we've kind of, like, spun out into a the crazy terror of universe. childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, everything about this scene, this opening scene, made me feel like I was a thousand years old. I, like, I felt like Stingray. <laughs> like, watching this ten-year-old or whatever dance around his room. And let me just say, these Gen Z kids. Got a TV in his room. Got a, got a computer. It's, like, as big as a living room. If I had that room, I would have never come out. I mean, yeah. He's got a pretty I would have nice barely house. known known my parents. Well, he's got a pretty nice, very. It seems like perpetually empty house. You know, we learn like it through the episode. His dad's away, and I guess he's feeling bad about that. But all, I just feel insanely jealous. But <laughs> maybe that says more about me. <laughs> um, yes, Kenny's a very sweet, lovable kid. You know, he's dancing around, and he goes to school. And sorry, on his way to school, he's like jamming out on the corner. Yeah, he's got some good moves, but like, you know, kids being kids, the kids in the bus see him and they immediately start laughing at him, making fun of him. It's worth noting this is like his first day at a new school. Like, it seems like he might be like a military brat because his dad's deployed somewhere, his mom works a lot. You know, it's really hard to know what gets a kid bullied these days. Seriously. You would think it would be more than just dancing on the corner to your Walkman or whatever, but I don't know. I know. I truly don't. If I can note somewhat unkindly, like... His main bullies on the bus are, like, this kid who, like, looks like a pretty wussy kid, honestly, and Anthony LaRusso, who, come on, right? Right. And, the like, Anthony reveal, which, uh, 
see, Letha's looking at this from the eyes of a bully, you know? She was like, who would I have hazed on this bus? And it's definitely those kids. Because you look at Anthony and, you know, it's not actually surprised that he turned out to be a bully. Like, it's coming oh, yeah. from this place of insecurity. Um, and, you know, I feel like the group that he's hanging out with, like, when we... Do you want to get into, like, the rest of Yeah, Kenny's yeah, let's plot? get into Kenny's plot. So, yeah, Kenny's tragic backstory is that something happened to his brother, dun-dun-dun, he's, his dad is out of the picture in the military, um, he's kind of the new Daniel, and he's new kid in school, and he's in gym class, and he's already kind of, like, caught the eye of Anthony's little juvie gang. Caught the eye of some of the lamest bullies I can, exactly. I can remember, yes. Um, and, you know, there's this new, there's this girl named Leah in gym class which you can already tell is they're trying to are they setting her up to be the alley of this middle school? Yeah like it's it's one of those things where like Anthony LaRusso's like sneaking glances at her. Um, she's clearly like look I don't know the standards of beauty for 12 year olds these days but she's supposed to be like the, the cute girl in Why school. Why can there only be one? There like, can only be one. It's like Highlander. There's like 15 girls in this gym class. Yeah but none of them hold a candle to Leah. Okay. Who's just there, like beaming at everybody? Meanwhile, like the boys are supposed to play basketball. Um, Kenny accidentally, it seems like, uh, gets Anthony Larusso in the face with a basketball, and he gets all like aggro about it. And then we we learn something like real quick when like uh, his Anthony's curly haired friend is like bust out some karate on him. And we we're like, oh, so Anthony's been telling his friends that he knows karate, or like they've assumed that from just like knowing about his family. Okay, that's oh, interesting. God, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm. What did you think? Like, I, I know you said Anthony is like a plausible bully, but like, what did you think about this revelation? Because we don't, you know, our Anthony watch for the past three years was based on the fact that like we just never really saw him that much. About the fact that he's been telling lies about his karate and prowess. That, and that he's, like, you know, kind of a bully and stuff like that. Oh, I 100% expected him to be a bully. I, I thought, it's hard to be a bully when you're an overweight kid. I feel like that's, like, again, I feel like anything can get you bullied in the school. Yeah. Um, and it's that's maybe true to life. Like, they'll pick a thing, and it's a fairly innocuous thing. Um, but if you're overweight... I mean, that's, like, the number one thing they're going to go for. So if him hitting puberty and, like, trimming down a little bit, he's he's able to reinvent himself. He's he's basically, like, this season's Eli, you mm-hmm. know? Like, he's got all that he wants to kind of shed his past. And right. He doesn't get any of the validation that he's getting from his, like, bully gang for, for, at home. So he's... Do I feel like it's plausible he's telling, like, 15 to 30 lies? Sure. Yeah. Karate, I mean, and karate is apparently cool. Right, and it's like, yeah, sure. I mean, people will assume that you know it because your dad is sort of famous for knowing it. And It's weird that he didn't just ask his dad to teach him karate, though, as a way. Like, God, did I Did that wouldn't. scene happen? And, 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 or, sorry, I feel like Daniel, at the end of the last season, was like, oh, Sam doesn't seem interested anymore. Maybe Anthony, but maybe that idea was just dropped dropped when he's like, I don't love my son. I don't want to yeah, spend no. this much time with him. I mean, the thing is, Daniel does not love his son. We've I'm going to go in a that. car on a car chase to find Robbie. <laughs> Anything but spend time with Anthony. No, I don't believe Anthony would ever ask his dad to teach him for, for karate because I think Anthony understands that his dad doesn't like him. Um, but he, uh, I, I like, I think the show is very good at depicting like bullying and bullies like very realistically and like, yeah, obviously, like, Anthony, like, he's, like, you know, giving this kid shit, like, on the bus and stuff like that. 
Um, but you can tell that he's sort of like lower in the pecking order of his his little little boy gang, where you know, like you know, his friend calls him La Poso, which really yeah. The thing about bullied gangs is like they need a, a a person to prey on. They can't. They're not like when they're not bullying people, they're not asking each other like, hey, you know, like cool haircut or whatever <laughs> like yeah. they're not bonding with each other they they need their attention to be focused on on an, some external right yeah and like prey. and then you know anthony realizes that it could be him without too much difficulty and he's kind of like it's like he's trying to work his way up and like prove something to these guys and so i and you know like there's a scene when ah uh, poor sweet kenny like this is painful he, to watch to be honest we've, yeah. we've now watched it twice and it's twice too many for me it, it's quite painful like he has met leah she's introduced himself and then he's playing his his computer game dungeon lords i think it is like later that night and oh princess leah friends him and suddenly they're going on a dungeon lords quest together and i think i knew immediately he was being catfish uh, it took me a while because i was just like oh what a nice thing he's made a friend and of course of course Anthony is behind this. Yeah, there's oh. a there's a nice moment where, like, uh, she asks him, what else, what else do you do for fun? And he's like, oh, I like to draw anime and listen to music, and I like to cosplay as Professor Scribblebottoms. And it's just like, oh, I mean, I knew he was being catfish, but that was just like, yep. And, of course, there's a nice slow pan of the camera, and you see Anthony and, like, three other bullies. And Can we talk about the fact that clearly from the time that leah quote unquote leah signed on several hours yes. last, right like it is dark in this kid's room he's eating bagel bites at night mm-hmm. they have invested hours into catfishing hours. him like six hours i swear and to that's, god that's how they bond with each other like that's so fucking insane i know it's like this was not like a like a low lift when it comes to bullying this was just like they invented an avatar and then like they did all this shit, and, you know, I mean, it's, Anthony's kind of running a computer, and it's very obvious that, like, he knows a bit more about Dungeon Lords than the rest of his friends, and he's kind of, like, trying to be like, oh, I just overheard some nerds talk Bullies about Bullies out it. there, okay, there's got to be a few of you. Please write in if you've dedicated the better part of a day, right, to building this, like, and look, complicated identity. It paid off for their bullying endeavors because he he revealed something embarrassing. He was like, "Oh, I like to cosplay," and then they invite him to the park the next night to show up in his cosplay outfit so they can go harass him. And it's like, but what if he hadn't? Then it would have just been like a nice night of everybody playing like Dungeon Lords, right? Like, they didn't know he was going to reveal something perfectly incriminating. Is this going to reveal something about toxic masculinity, where like you have to have the pretense? of bullying someone in order to just hang out with your friends, you know? Right? It's just a bonding experience. You can just play the game, guys. You don't need to, like... Right? Because it kind of just seemed like you played the game you for six hours. You don't need the catfishing cherry on top of this. <laughs> I mean, I guess luckily for them, or maybe, like, actually spoiling their just excuse to hang out as bros, like, yeah, Aunt Kenny does reveal something that they're immediately going to use against him. And when they... Oh, God. Let's I mean, talk about this park scene. Yeah. So Kenny shows up with a squirrel tail on because that's what Dr. Scribble Bottoms wears. I didn't quite buy that, but you know, okay, I get it. He's, he looks like he's eight. He looks, so, like, he looks like he's sure. eight, yeah. Um, and they gather around him to like, you know, film him. And then when he kind of like, you know, God, his reaction is also like very realistic to me where he's just kind of like subdued and he's just like, don't, please don't. And he like ends up knocking the phone out of Anthony's hand. Um, and like... 
this is the moment when like all like and then he just calls them assholes and they're like wait what did you call us oh my god that's beyond the pale are they trying to paint anthony's gang as like the new skeleton gang because (laughs) if so it is pathetic beyond belief when you remember the first karate kid and daniel running for his life from these the skeleton gang you thought for sure they were going to run him off that cliff. Mm-hmm. These people, they've invested nine hours into catfishing. Poor Kenny. They cannot even be bothered to climb a fence. Seriously. Or break into even a, like, a yeah, more like, than a jog. No, I mean, it's crazy because, like, they, are, they do hit Kenny a few times. They ask Anthony to step up and show some karate. But, you know, as he's, like, pretending to, like, strike a pose, Kenny's able to sort of slip their grip pretty quickly. It's he's, pathetic. He's a fast Honestly, kid, but it's also just, like... Kenny climbs a fence. The others are just like jogging there slowly and are like, oh man, well, there's a hole. Let's go under there. And then like, yeah, you see them like break out into a light jog. At, like, and it's just like, wow, oh, you need better enemies, Kenny. These they, guys are such losers. They need to go to Kyler's school of bullying because this was just a pathetic Kyler show. made it an art. These guys yeah. are just like, wow. Phoning it in. I mean, Pick maybe it hobby. is realistic that they're like one step away from being bullied themselves. So they're right, taking it you're on right. themselves. They're, they're to... all trying to like flee their gamer past. Like Anthony tellingly knew all about Dr. Scribble Bottoms, mm-hmm. and he's just like, oh, what? And it's like, this guy was a gamer for the first like, right. 10 years and of his life. And don't tell me his, like, the the ringleader of this little posse, this curly-haired kid, it's like, come on, dude. Like, you you are not exactly, like, Johnny Lawrence. You're just, like, this guy who probably got bullied yesterday, and you're trying to turn around and strike out. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he, Kenny actually has to hide in a dumpster to, to lose them, which, ah, man. Like, this, again, very good cast are with you, this kid. You are you excited to see, kind of, Anthony's storyline in this season because it's like they've waited four seasons to to even hint at what what's been brewing beneath the surface scary things right and like i love that like pretty much everything that we we learn about him is sort of like yeah no that checks out like just from like who he is and like how his uh like what his role is in the family and everything it's like yeah i see him as being like a bit of an insecure bully but ultimately like he he is like hesitant to like hit this kid, you know, he's like not like an aggro like psychopath. He's Eli season one, not Hawk season three. Yeah, so give very, him some time. We're very well put, yes, in terms that everyone can understand. Yeah, give him some time, but you also like, despite not ever like finding out a lot about Anthony, I've also I've always felt like a little bad for him because it's just like, oh yeah, man, your parents I mean, don't love you. You had, to, I mean, to not know karate growing up in the in the Larusso household. I mean, shit. Yeah, that's yeah. like impossible. And just, like, for people to assume that, like, you know karate and you have to be like, no, my dad doesn't spend time with me. Don't be silly. They're all trying to outrun the legacy of their fathers. That's right. Yeah. That's right. He's like the uh, the Robbie to to Daniel's Johnny. And I I love it because Daniel's always like, I'm such a good parent. It's like, ah, your son's the bully that you claim to hate, man. You're... If, if this show goes completely dark and somehow Daniel dies, it will be at Anthony's hand. I am positive <laughs> of that. <laughs> he, like, shovels some dirt onto Daniel's body and throws a bonsai in his grave. I dark mean, shit. I would assume that Daniel dies because he threw a bonsai at his head, but, you know, mm. that, that would be just too perfect for words, right? <laughs> yeah, wait for it. We're scripting Daniel's Prune death this, right Dad. now. I don't know. Um... <laughs> Okay. Um, Wait, we got to get to the last scene of Kenny, which yes. is... So he has survived his encounter. He was hiding out in the dumpster. Poor kid. I mean, honestly, I, I I can't wait for the inevitable scene of Kenny kicking some ass and 
destroying Anthony and his, his crappy bullies who are not even worthy of the mantle of being a bully. Right? I mean, like, you don't maybe really... It's like, maybe it's middle school level bullying. Once you it's graduate true. to high school, you know, you're on to dumping kids in the toilet or whatever. Yeah. I mean, these kids, like, they honestly are not going to need, like, karate to take them down. But, you know, Kenny is, like, he's talking to someone we don't see at first about how he's getting bullied every day and he's got no friends and everything is terrible and, like, one of my bullies even knows karate. And, you know, we uh, we get the reveal that he is talking to, I don't know his name. But... Oh, God. I know. And we have watched six episodes, uh, so we really should. But he We're is... Call uh, him the older juvie bully. Robbie's juvie Robbie's bully. Robbie's juvie, juvie bully, which um, I remember that, like, while he was bullying Robbie and juvie, they eventually kind of seemed to reach this, like, understanding with each other, mainly on the fact that, like, Robbie didn't, like, narc this guy out after they had a huge fight. Um, and so I really like that, that they actually, like brought this guy back and you know and he's like oh little bro don't worry karate i know someone who can help and i was just like ah that's that's neat robbie's one real friend (laughs) not even really just like they had an understanding they gave each other like a guy nod you know and it's just like all right yeah (laughs) sure um so that's where we leave kenny um with a little juvie juvie angel on his shoulder mm -hmm. um should we go to Daniel and Johnny? Yeah, let's. Okay. So the like Johnny and Daniel part of the episode opens with Johnny sanding that new like fighting platform that Miyagi Do has, um, and it's just like a fun exchange where like you know of course Daniel was like. Oh, no, that was going to be like a training exercise where everybody had... sands the floor, and Johnny's just like. They know they're here to learn karate. You don't need to trick them into I it. I love that line because sometimes I'm like, you know, Daniel doesn't put that much thought into his lessons. They're borrowed Miyagi lessons from 30 years ago. Oh, my God, yeah. And whereas Johnny was like, you know, every day I wake up and he's innovating like a real teacher would, <laughs> you know? He's like looking at the kid and he's looking at this. He's trying to adapt it. And sure, one day it's a cement mixer and the next day... They're you know, kicking a hornet's nest, yeah. Right. but But Daniel's just like... Uh, I got these two things. I got that rock, and then I got this koi <laughs> pond, and we're going to make this shit work. Right. I mean, what's going to happen when he runs out of Miyagi-isms? Goddamn. But, yeah. No, I, I like that. But they're, you know, the scene basically, like, amounts to them saying, like, they're going to teach each other each other's styles so they can actually, like, respect each other's styles. Um, I, I like, and this is, like, more of a theme in the upcoming episodes, but, like, one thing that uh, always, like, It seemed like there was a lot of potential to talk about, like, how, like, you know, there are good things about Miyagi-Do, but there are also good things about Cobra Kai that don't don't involve being, like, an aggro-psychopath. And, like, here, you know, you get get a taste of that. I know, and maybe what I love most is that Johnny is, like, hammering home this, like, his eagle facts. (laughs) He's going to make eagle fang a thing. Um, so I love that the odd couple energy is back. Um, Daniel is watching Johnny. So Miyagi Do goes first. Daniel's watching Johnny paint a fence. It becomes clear that Johnny actually knows a lot more about painting. Um, yeah. Then... He also proves Daniel's or Johnny's point that defense is boring. It's true because he's just painting a fence. But you know, Dan uh, Daniel scores a pretty good point when he's like, you know what? Like Johnny's all like, yeah, offense is more badass than defense, and. You know, Daniel's like, hey, remember when Mr. Miyagi saved your ass from, like, your crazy sensei crease? And he says, and I'm not going to argue with him here. He's like, nobody was more badass than Mr. Miyagi. And you know what? Nobody was. Yeah, that's a true statement. Yeah. So, you know what? Points to Daniel. But can I say minus points for Daniel when he's like, 
sitting back and he's sipping on a beer and like he's acting like it's some crazy artisan beer of like incredibly rare extraction and then you see the bottle and it's like a blue moon <laughs> like you can get that anywhere at any bar i mean johnny might not recognize it because you know johnny doesn't know what public parks are but like everybody else is like it's a blue moon you're not that classy christ yeah daniel's pretentiousness uh it, it gets so much um but I like the little Miyagi flashback, and honestly, I wouldn't expect anything anything less from Daniel. Like, he's got to invoke as much Miyagi as he can. He's got nothing without him. Yeah, and we, um, uh, we of course, get, like, a full montage, I think, uh, a bit later, where, you know, it's, it's Johnny doing all of the, the usual wax on, wax off, paint the fence, blah, blah, etc. Um, and... He, uh, he ends up, like, doing some stuff on, like, that stupid floating platform in the koi pond and falling off. Um, How many people have had sex on that thing? Right? <laughs> you know, when he was like, when am I ever going to use this in, like, a fight? It's like, well, maybe if you were, like, on that platform with somebody else that you were fucking, like... Uh, shutter. Yes, yeah, Sam and, shutter. and Robbie were, may maybe. But, yeah, no, otherwise, good point. Also, like, when, um, what is it, like, uh, Daniel, like, says something to him, like, you know... Miyagi's best fence, no be there. And oh, I love Johnny's response where it's just like, really? Like, you mean don't be there? The guy teaches you like centuries of his family's ancient karate and you can't help him with his English? Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, Daniel, the, the mispronunciations weren't part of the lesson. You could have, eh, whatever. Yeah. The myth of Miyagi versus the man. Right? Like Miyagi, if like Daniel had corrected him, would have probably been like, oh yeah, right. Don't be there. Thanks. Am I still bitter over the fact that we didn't discover Miyagi's, like, half a dozen children running around Okinawa? Yeah, I'm a little bitter. I mean, show's not over yet. You That's never true. know. Um, but then, of course, it's it's Johnny's turn to give the lesson. Second montage! And the second montage is, is, <laughs> is super fun. He's, like, in this abandoned warehouse. Yeah. And Daniel, to his credit, is actually willing to go along with it. The thing I liked about Johnny is that he, as soon as, like... Here's that Miyagi thing. He's like, yeah, I'll give this yep. a whirl. Without a without another word, he starts painting the fence again, which is which is nice. Whereas Daniel just complains and complains, but in this montage, he's actually doing all of the same things um, that Miguel had to do. I wrote I wrote this down. There are and this is like a crazy abandoned warehouse um, that he was brought to blindfolded, but he's doing push ups on his knuckles. Uh, he is attacking baseballs, which he actually correctly points out is a blocking exercise, but whatever. Um, he's climbing a chain, he's walking on coals, and like Johnny's two themes that he keeps screaming about are eagles and manliness. And I felt like more of a man after watching it. How did Honestly, you feel? Honestly, I just love all of his karate lessons because it's not even like he's trying. He's just kind of accidentally profound. Like he says, you want to circle around things your whole life? Deep. Deep, Johnny. <laughs> That is what eagles do. Whatever, you know? Exactly. It works on so many levels. <laughs> it really does. And then, I mean, Daniel gets into it, man. Like, he screams triumphantly when he climbs to the top of the chain. And We've always like... said, though, that Daniel has a lot of repressed rage. And he it comes out in these strange ways. Like, right. when he's bullying Robbie or, or angry, at, uh, angry at Eli. And he and can't Maybe Cobra Kai. No, no. Eagle Fang is good for him. Um, That's true. Yeah. Oh, man. Will we see that? I don't know if, if I would like Eagle Fang if it became Daniel's sort of karate home. <laughs> that would be a little too much for me. <laughs> um, but anyway, after after they do this like day of kind of grueling workout, which I noted to Lutha, it's, it's kind of interesting. Did he become better over the course of six hours? I just love... 
I mean, like all montages, he, he does seem to be much better at push-ups by the end of it, but it's just, you're right, it's been a day, right? One day. One yeah. day. <sighs> and it's weird because, you know, we're only a couple episodes in, and it it's strange, like, the, the central relationship is no longer between... Um, Miguel and Johnny. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's Johnny and Daniel, which... Yeah, how do you feel about that shift in focus? I, you know, I like that because, honestly, like, I do feel like we've seen Miguel and Johnny, like, do their journey, um, and this is a journey that we haven't seen yet, and it's a journey that I feel like the show has been teasing for, like, three seasons. Right. So, yeah, no, it's incredibly satisfying, and then, like, their, their final scene together, which is, like, when they're at a hockey game, um, seems like... I mean, at first I was like, oh, they're, like, relaxing, like, bros. But no, it's all part of it, where, like, Johnny tries to, like, pick a fight between Daniel and, like, one of the hockey players. Um, it's pretty funny. Uh, and, like, Daniel actually de-escalates that pretty nicely. Um, which leads to this thing where, like, the hockey players confront him outside. And it's very important that, like, it's not that, like, Johnny goaded him into a fight. It's that, like, Daniel, like, it, like Johnny disappears when they confront him outside, right? But, like... They start talking about Daniel's wife. They've seen him in car commercials and stuff. And, like, he, of his own volition, decides that he's going to beat up all, all of them and, like, hit them with hockey sticks. And um, I, I really like that. Yeah. yeah. And I, I like that. He's got, a, like, a little eagle fang in him now. Um, and, of course, you get, like, the best moment when, you know, uh, Johnny walks back in, congratulates him on showing his dominance. Um, and then uh, Daniel's like, where are you? And what, what does Johnny say? <laughs> no be there. <laughs> Um, it's perfect. And you really don't get too many moments in the show where, like, Johnny gets to be clever, so it's kind of, yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Um, and I feel like they did come away with a little bit of respect for each other's styles. Um, so that's where, yeah, that's, I feel like every time they kind of hint at closeness, like, I wonder, they're going to find some way to, like, tear these two apart again. It's like but, a romantic comedy, yeah, man. Yeah, it's, it's nice for this this is, episode. This is that scene in the romantic comedy where, like, the couple goes on, like, a pretty good date. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just weird because the first episode had all this, like, divorced energy. Yeah. Them, right? Yeah. They're kind of all over the place this season. <laughs> um, but, you know, like any good romantic comedy, it's kind of a roller coaster. Should we talk about Tori? Is it Tori yeah, time? It's Tori time. Oh, Tori. Um, so, Tori, I feel like this is this is the backstory that kind of gets us on her side like we we found out about her troubled home life the fact that crease is her mysterious benefactor um the first scene she's waitressing at a sushi restaurant i want to say yeah seems like a sushi restaurant oh, God. um you, she can't really get away from the larusso <laughs> anyway, right um she shows up and she's waiting on a table and who's there but amanda yeah and uh i really i really like this scene because Amanda's, like, the character who, like, lives in reality, I think, more than anybody else. And, like, I, like, she's basically just, like, whatever happens this tournament, you're not going to touch my daughter again, or you are going to be scrubbing toilets in prison for the rest of your life. And then she mentions, like, the only reason that you're not right now is because I decided not to press charges against you for invading my home. And, like, yeah, like, Amanda lives in reality. Like, she... As much as, like, it pains her to admit that this tournament actually is, like, important to their lives, like, she's also, like, no way is this bitch hurting my daughter or, like, invading my home. Like, she's, yeah, so I like that. Um, but, of course, like, Tori ends up, like, getting fired. Um, Amanda shows some really good big dick energy in this scene, but, like, 
yeah, Tori like ends up snapping at like uh, like her manager or somebody when he comes to see if everything's all right. She gets fired, and then you see like because Amanda lives in the real world, you can tell like she didn't mean to do that. And it's it's actually a pretty good scene because it's like yeah, and, you can tell yeah. Amanda's a really good, whoever plays her is a really good actress because mm-hmm. you can see that moment when she realizes she went a little bit too far. Mm-hmm. You know, she's and you know for a show that like has a lot of adults just screaming at kids and treating them like they're other adults instead of teenagers. I mean, as the only one is like, oh, I'm, I realize I just got a 16 year old fire. Yeah. And, you know, as we see later in the, in the episode, she has more of a kind of like realization of what she's done, which is not something that like Daniel, for example, yeah. like all the kind of shitty things he said about Robbie, you know, like he treats him like he's been betrayed by a peer mm-hmm. rather than a kid. That right. Or like when you saw him like support. lash out at Eli and it's yeah. like, well, yeah, Eli was a dick, but like he's also like 16 and you're an adult. Um, yeah. Like he, uh, yeah. Amanda's always like, and, and I say this with admiration, like she is always like the adult in the room and not in like a, a killjoy way, just like in a, oh, wait, that was, I shouldn't have done that. That is a kid. Um, but it's interesting how, like, that scene goes, because it's almost like, I was, like, rooting for Amanda, because she's got, like, like I said, great big dick energy, but then there, there comes a moment where you're like, or does she have Karen energy, you know? Yeah, she's, she, like, remember in the first season, or I think it's the first season, but she's in the country club, and, you know, she got, she caught Robbie... Well, Robbie got was stealing something. Or Robbie had stolen there before and right. was about to get kicked out. And then yeah. she kind of like pulls like a Karen energy on you know, the manager who wants to kick him out. And, you know, I mean, yeah. it's, she walks a fine line, definitely. Yeah. Where she cares, but, she, you know, she does come from this place of like class privilege. Right. And... and probably not, uh, it's probably not accidental that like, you know, when she has her confrontation with Crease, which, uh, sorry, I don't want to skip ahead, but it's like in a, a fancy bougie market. But, um... Yeah. yeah, but just wrapping up this this initial scene, um, Tori stalks off, quits, and I I love seeing a, a good quitting scene. Um, she tells everyone that the chef dips his balls in the miso, so good point. Um, Truth to power, Tori. It's yeah. Fine. Um, so then we <laughs> the next scene is is Amanda shopping at some like. Oh wait, no, no, no. Oh. The next scene is actually um, we get to see Cobra Kai Sensei Robbie is teaching everybody the Miyagi style and like, you know, uh, it, it's a lecture about like it's precise, but it's also entirely reactive, etc. But like Tori like ends up getting like a little aggressive with Robbie and like Crease like just basically is like Nichols come talk, and I, you know, we haven't seen Tori and Crease talk like, one-on-one since the previous season when he, like, basically come, visits her home, learns about her situation, and basically says that she can come back to Cobra Kai without having mm-hmm. to pay tuition. And, like, I I forgot that I actually really like them together. Like, it is the very best side of Crease, right? Like, Yeah, you. I think you said something last season about how when... Why did Crease kind of take a chance on Tori? And it's because... When he sees her, he sees, like, some similarities. He sees himself in her, yeah. It's not like he really bonds with Robbie or any other kids. That's purely a tool of revenge. Right. Whereas with Tori, you can see sort of, like, he's trying to mentor her. Yeah, and I'll say... In his own weird, twisted way. In his own weird way. And, like, I'll say this, that it's, like... It's the, like... The thing that always always gets me about Crease is, like, he's so over the top. He's, like, not even, like, pretending that there's any nuance there. Except, like, when he's with Tori, you're like, yeah, no, he's not coddling her. He's, like, saying, like, what, do you feel sorry for yourself that you got fired? But, like, he 
actually clearly gives a shit and like clearly sees himself in her, which is an interesting thing for like a dude like Kreese to like look at this teenage girl. Yeah, he's yeah. usually just all ham-fisted nom metaphors. And it is a little <laughs> sad that Tori's only stable parental figure at this point is like yeah. a war traumatized loon. But he's her, but... like, if I can like go too far with this, like he's her Miyagi. He's her Johnny. Like she didn't really bond with like Johnny that way. And it's just like, there's something nice about that. And like, what makes the next scene that I like this scene so much, like when Kreese confronts Amanda at that bougie grocery oh, man. store. I want to talk about this because I want to talk about the heavy sexual tension <laughs> in this cleanup on aisle six. What? Guys. Oh my god! This is like pure. You want to talk about rom com energy? What are you talking about? He's what? Their bo- hands both grazed the cheese wheel, <laughs> like <laughs> Nina. Just because you want something to happen. The it's... way. Okay, guys. Watch the scene. Watch when Kreese is like eating that apple. <laughs> he is straight up flirting with Amanda. Oh, come I, on. Well, who knows? Like he, he puts in a little lesson. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Tori doesn't have a mom. FYI, these are some great apples. <laughs> it's so, it's I so I mean, it's, heavy. okay, there is some flirty talk about the restraining order that he has out against Amanda, which is kind of awesome when you think about it. But um, the thing that like got me about the scene, other than your your crazy ass like reading of sexual tension into it is like clearly there (laughs) is that crease is being crease you know it's like like all of his confrontations he's using like his crazy like like over the top delivery he aggressively eats a honey crisp apple all of that and yet the conversation that he has with amanda is so actually civil and reasonable like yeah, it's that's what happens nuts. when you're trying to sleep with somebody. Oh my god, it's you, it's, know, you make it civil. It is such a good scene because <laughs> it is totally nuts because he's creasing it up, but he's saying stuff like, "Hey, I actually respect you defending your daughter. That's good." But look, Tori doesn't have a lot of support, and she's got to like keep food on the table, and she's got it kind of hard. She's got it harder than your daughter, so don't go after her like that. Like that's like the essence of what he says, and it's like such a reasonable adult thing to do that you're it's like, true. "What? Did I miss something?" I know. This is like the only real relationship Kreese really has, um, <laughs> apart from, you know, whatever we see with Silver. Right. Like, it's it's so strange and kind of wonderful to see him in a scene where he's not, like, threatening to unleash cobras, like, on somebody's, like, grandchildren. He's just like, yeah, I you am... shouldn't do that. Okay. If we're talking wish lists, because, you know, I t- sometimes I wonder if things we say on the show, from our lips the show creator's ears yep. and we got silver we got him back we got anthony watch to become we got like anthony watch so which is bigger. actually a thing mm-hmm. um the thing that i want most of all now for this season is i want amanda to cheat on daniel with either crease oh god or dan or, or johnny or both what about terry i don't know about that oh I'm, oh it's just terry's terry. my man okay all right okay <laughs> Also, I would have thought the one thing you wanted for this season is for Miguel to turn out to be Terry Silver's son, but, you know, I'm glad you're, like, changing it up. I feel like after what we saw in the first first episode, I don't know that that's... I'm starting to have some doubts. Perhaps that ship yeah. has sailed. But you the know, I will... But, I mean, I was going to save all my, like, spoilers and stuff. Like, I've, I've, been, I've been thinking about this, and I think, you know, Mike Barnes, age-appropriate, was around Daniel's age... 
That's another option. We don't know that he was not in South America. So what the fuck, Mike? And anyone who was in South America during that period of time probably fathered Miguel. Fuck it. Every episode we do now is going to be Mike Barnes watch. (laughs) I mean, he might be like an extra in the background. Hey, this is part of the Karate Kid three universe. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's right. We're we're going Um, we're going deep. So maybe. I mean. Would it would I mean it would thrill me to no end if we we got a Mike Barnes uh, appearance in the season. But anyway, going back to Chris and Amanda, right? Um, so there is some yeah. He gets through to her, and I think it's it's really nice because so that's one of the things that I want. The other thing I want to see is you know we've talked about how Sam is such a frustrating character, and I mean from the stuff we've seen, it's just like ugh. So, I mean, I really like the fact that they're they're fleshing out Tori's character a little bit, and they're creating that bond between her and Amanda, maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's like... teasing it. One of the best things about this show is when characters just act in ways that you did not expect them to act. And, like, I think it's really neat that, like, um, Amanda, like, sends probably a bougie, like, food basket to, to Tori's house, which... She storms into Delruso Auto with the I basket and like hurls it on the floor and poor Anoush, so happy to see him, but poor Anoush is like kind of caught in the crossfire and is just like, what the hell, man? I didn't he's sign up for Gandhi. this. Yeah, he's quoting Gandhi. He's getting threatened by Tori. He's just like, why am I always in the middle of some weird like karate feud? Like, <laughs> I just want to sell cars here. God damn it. Yeah. Um, him and Amanda are the only ones that actually show up to LaRusso Auto right. to do any work. So I can understand his frustrations. But yeah, Tori's not there to make friends, you know, she's... She's still in her angsty teen mode. Mm-hmm. Which is realistic to me that she's like, I need your charity. And then she's like, you know, I'm going to humiliate your daughter at the All Valley. Which I was honestly like, well, that's better than like, you know, previously you broke into like her house and like, you know, assaulted her in school with brass knuckles. You humiliating her at the All Valley is like normal, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, that's... if you were to actually do the supercut of like, Tori like leaning into the the mic and being like I'm coming for you LaRusso <laughs> um that Tori versus her just sort of kicking a bag of apples over pretty mild pretty right mild stuff for Tori yeah like she's dialed it back to be honest yeah, like she doesn't it's... have her switchblade on her I mean <laughs> I see great things for her yeah and Amanda like again has been very like everything she does even when she like approaches Karenish energy even with like the fruit basket or the food baskets a little bit like condescending, like everything she does comes from like a really reasonable place. Hey, she didn't call the cops, which is a, she didn't call that's the cops, a pure yeah. Karen move. Mm-hmm. Um, so good on, good on Amanda for showing growth. And, and notably she's like, don't tell, she tells Anoush, don't tell Daniel about this. I'm glad Amanda's getting to have some secrets. Her mm-hmm. little karate flirtation on aisle six with Crease. Her possibly parenting Tori on the She's going to have a whole new family by, whole, by season I know. five, right? It's just going to be Crease and Amanda and Tori trying to make it work as She's a little family. She's such a great person. And, and, you know, I just want better for her than Daniel's bullshit. I'll say that. Um, justice for Amanda. And I'm also glad that she, like, has a plot that is separate from, like, Yeah, Daniel. she she notably was like, don't tell Daniel because Daniel will make it part of his crusade. Mm-hmm. And... We've all had just about enough of that. Right. Just like, Daniel, like, stay in, like, that weird abandoned warehouse with Johnny. Like, maybe the end of this season sees Daniel, like, hitting the steroids and really <laughs> leaning into Eagle Fang and maybe having nothing in common with Amanda. <laughs> I see that, So too. she goes to someone who can really understand her, like, like Crease. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they can both parent Tori together. Oh, God. Guys, it's all there. All the raw materials. 
does need to have a fan fiction about this. I don't know. I don't know, but there's a lot of detail here. The greatest thing about fan fiction is these like out of universe pairings. Let's go for it. The right. apple and the cheese wheel. Oh God, no, no, no! I'm cutting you off right I there. I'm shocked, Lotha, to her core. Um, okay, have we covered everything? Any stray observations? Well, you know, this is actually a pretty streamlined episode. Like, you don't see a lot of the Miyagi Do's or Cobra, Ka- or sorry, Eagle Fang students. You know, it's just kind of like three stories. There's no lines. silver in this. There's no silver in it. Took a little break. How'd you um, feel about that? I mean, honestly. It's hard because we got we got that like tease in the first episode and then it's like, who's this Kenny kid? <laughs> um, but, you know, I like that they introduced a new character, brought some new energy to the show. And, mm-hmm. um, and you, also you know. it's just it's it really reveals so much about what the fuck has happened with Anthony right through his puberty years. I no. mean, his dead shark eyes. And they did a great job where it's like normally when they introduce a new character like this late in the show, I get like, ugh. God, why? But they did a good job of, like, I understand his role in the show. He's supposed to be, like, that young bullied guy who turns to to karate, as we've seen before. And they made it so that, like, he's related to somebody that we know, and he also, like, has a bully that we know. So it's, like, really nicely integrated into the show. Good job. Yeah, I agree. Great casting, too. He's just an immediately sympathetic, like, likable kid, which is half And they found a way to connect him to somebody else in the universe, like Robbie's Juvie Bully, whose mm-hmm. name we will find out or remember at some point. Yeah. No, just um. you wait, <laughs> listeners. We'll be, on, we'll be on it next episode. So what would you give this episode? I liked it a lot. I'm going to give it, like, I mean, it wasn't, like, a groundbreaking episode, but I feel like all of its plots were done well. I'm going to give it uh, 4.5 delicious soft pretzels that Johnny ate while Daniel was kicking ass and taking names. No B there. I love it. Um, I, you know, you realize you gave it a higher rating than the first episode, which is pretty surprising to me. I, for obvious reasons, because it's missing silver. Um, You're a single issue voter. I, I, I think it's a very well done episode, but... Um, I will give it three out of five apples that Crease bites into. Sexually, sexually charged <laughs> apples. Sexually charged apples. Um, all right, kids. Wait, say that thing where people are supposed oh, to email us or follow us. Or... We're so on it. Yeah. Um, obviously, we have a lot to talk about this season. If you want us to get into this obvious Crease Amanda <laughs> divorce plot, romp in the hay please write to us at cobra kai never dies cast at gmail.com or you you can write to us for other reasons too yeah sure if you want to um or follow us on twitter at kai underscore cast and as always kids strike first strike hard no mercy. mercy